This is the stuck series. Have you ever had that thing that just keeps happening over and over in session and you wish it didn't? What are you going to do about it? Can't go around it. Got to go through it. Welcome to the Leading Edge in Emotionally Focused Therapy with your hosts, Dr. James Hawkins and Dr. Ryan Reyna. EFT is a dynamic model that humbles even the most seasoned therapists. Together, we want to come alongside you as you continually push the leading edge of your understanding and application of this wonderful model developed by Dr. Sue Johnson. Yeah, I'm excited for this one today because there's been times in my session, if I'm confessing and being completely honest, where there's something like that just keeps happening in session, whether it's maybe someone gets like kind of critical at a moment in session or a person that shuts down, they begin to use blame as like a behavioral technique. And I find myself like, oh, gosh, you know, I hope that doesn't happen today. Um, and then trying to find ways like how can I keep that from happening? And that didn't really do me well um, as a therapist, and it didn't do well for the per the progress. And so I hope today, you know, maybe that's you that's identified. I'm leading out with my vulnerability. I know I've done it plenty of times. Don't like it. But I hope what we can talk about in this stuck series is, so let's say there is something that keeps coming up over and over that gets you stuck. How, what does it look like to lean into it to help change that? Do we yeah. avoid it? I mean, our topic today is a simple one. Get out in front of it. There we go. And I can't tell you how many times I've done this myself and I've supervised, I don't want to exaggerate, several hundreds of hours of video where, where there's something a client does that either harms their relationship or harms the therapeutic process. Mm -hmm. And the therapist, oftentimes me, just sort of hopes it doesn't happen again mm -hmm. or just sort of tries to be nicer or tries to move around it or something. Um, you know, and I can't tell you how many times I've made that mistake. You know, that client, when you look on your daily uh, schedule, whatever system you're using, and you're like, oh, this is a tough one. And you come in and you just try to do extra alliance or something. And the same thing trips you up every single time. I mean, the, the topic of this episode is get out in front of it. So, you know, I, I'm the old coach coming through here a little bit. You mm -hmm. know, if, if your opponent has a move that defeats you every time, don't keep doing the same thing, right? We got to make a shift. You know, Terry Real and his model of working with couples, there's things I like and things that, you know, are not my preference for what he does, but he says really clearly, you have to confront what harms their relationship. Mm -hmm. I don't know that I necessarily love the verb confront, but the concept is accurate. You got to go to it. You can't wait for it to come to you. So the therapist's ability to do that, first of all, goes into our self the therapist stuff. How secure are you, even in your personal life, your emotional life, your spiritual life, your relational life? Can you find your footing and your integrity when the pressure is on? And, and from there, it, it kind of speaks to what's, what's our relationship with avoidance? What's our relationship with a, a willingness or ability to interrupt? Um, how comfortable are we at sometimes being more active? And then a big one. Can I play Twister? Remember the game Twister? Mm -hmm. You know, this is what this feels like sometimes, trying to find my words to get out in front of what doesn't work while also remaining humanistic, somewhat attuned at least, honoring of people. But I've got to get out there and push a little bit to see if I can make a shift in what happens in session. What do you hear in that, James? 
it's important. So the what I hear in it, Ryan, that I appreciate, and that if I'm confessing once again, just me, you know, yeah, it's like it's almost a part of like hoping the cycle doesn't happen, right? Which is kind of not fair to the client, right? Because this is what happened. This has been their proven pattern. This is the rut they've kind of formed in the relationship and in their own brains. And they kind of hired me as a professional. Like when I go to my mechanic, you know, what I appreciate about my mechanic that makes me trust him is he wants to know exactly what's going wrong. He's not trying to go, go avoid it or go around it. And if the, if the problem doesn't repeat itself, He's like, I'm not going to start trying to fix it, James, until I see what it is so I can be efficient with your time and your money. And I appreciate that. And he's a mechanic. He knows there's things I can fix that I don't need him for. Uh, but it's those things, there's certain things I need him to do. So where I'm hearing in that, Ryan, is this is exactly telling our clients where they need us. Okay. if it's it, And even if it's perturbing me or if it's a hard thing for me, that's exactly what my clients hired me for. This is where they need me to go to. And so for me, instead of seeing as like, how do I get around this? How do I avoid it? Oh, thank you, too. Thank you for showing me exactly where you need me to be at. This is the place where the negative cycle takes over. This is where it gets rough. Or I'm stealing from you in George's language. Oh, this is where your best efforts get kind of turned upside yeah. down. Okay. Well, let's, can we camp out here? Can we stay right here? Because I think if we stay here, this will make a huge difference in your life. Yeah. So can we stay here? Yeah. Nice. And and. What the cycle will do the opposite of what you're saying, mm -hmm. which is kind of proof to me that what you're saying is right. Mm -hmm. Because whatever whatever comes against the therapeutic process, I promise you this, it'll go it'll speed things up really fast. Yeah. We'll be on to another topic in ten seconds. If the therapist isn't pretty intentional to say, uh uh, we're gonna stop right here. Nope, 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 nope. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Everybody take a deep breath. Right now, I love your language there. This is where you're set up to miss each other. This is what the cycle does. Mm -hmm. It happens right here. And I even like the idea of getting even way out in front of that. So uh, the, what happens in the immediate right in front of you is always the priority in, in EFT. And yet, you know, if, if something happens every session and they're like, man, we can't make progress because of that. We, we talk a lot on this podcast about starting off your sessions with a summary of the latest information you have about the cycle. But even before that, you can go right to what comes against the process. Mm -hmm. You know, before, after, or during your summary, you really have an opportunity here to, to get out in front of it and to go ahead and reflect it, which makes it less likely that it happens. Mm -hmm. So I just wrote down really quickly here things I've heard in the last two days, right? So just this is pretty immediate for me. One is someone who just uses one word answers or when an emotion comes in, the client literally stops and says, oh, we're not going there. Uh, one, blame. We talked about blame two, two episodes back. Mm -hmm. and, and also placating. Uh, I've had clients that the pursuer gets really, really upset. And, and right when I need the withdrawer to come forward a little bit, they just sort of double it. Oh, they're right. They're right. They're so right. Mm -hmm. They just placate. And uh, that won't work. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, you know, my... As, as I often used to say as an old teacher, the most dangerous phrase in the English language is, oh, this is just the way I am. Sometimes mm -hmm. that will come into your session. These are just practical examples of things that sometimes can be hit on repeat that really won't let your, your process go very much. So when you find one of those, get started at the first of the session with, mm -hmm. with your summary, with your reflection. And then when it happens, use the, employ the same things that you said. And at the end of session, hit it again. Mm -hmm. So by the by end of five sessions, now they've got 15 reps 
to recognize, hey, I've got to find a different move here. Mm -hmm. So sometimes it's a repetition at reflecting back the good reasons that someone has, but also pointing out the impact of it or the fact that it won't let it work. I like that, Ryan, right yeah. there. And even as you're saying that, maybe another place is like for me, it's like um, let's say like I, you have a couple that you saw from my from me as a consult, and he he would have the tendency to want to rev yeah. up and fix. Yeah. And uh, so what I would have to say to him, like, hey, this is what we're about to do, and I know this is normally where your body revs up and you kind of jump in and you start trying to fix that in session. Nice. I already know that that's coming for yep. you. So, but I just need you to know, like, can we slow it down? Because here's what we're trying to do different. Perfect. That being so, and I appreciate this, Ryan, being so explicit yes. in the moment. That's brilliant. One, it does something for my body as a therapist to the get ready for it. It also does something for our clients. Yep. Because that client learned a lot from that consult with you, and then I built on that with it. He's like, I know, this is that spot. This is that spot. Perfect. This is where it happens. And what's great about that is he's going to do that at home. Exactly. That's yeah. the key right, right there. Right. right at the point where he's going to overtalk this thing with a partner who goes away. And I'm remembering the case you're talking uh -huh. about. Um, th then he's going to be left alone. Mm -hmm. And so this is huge to do that. And I love what you just did. And some people would say that's too active. And I want to come back to how active mm -hmm. we should be. But once a client has shown you this is my move under pressure, why would you possibly ignore that? And so, so what James just did there, if you were following, is he's just about to ask a key question, mm -hmm. and he just gets out in front of it. So I'm going to ask you a question here, and this is the time where it often speeds up on you, okay? So I want to stay nice and slow right here. Ask the question. That, that's a beautiful qualifier, and it does. It makes it explicit, which makes it safe. Mm -hmm. And the more safe, the more safe he is, the, the, more, the greater chance that he can come forward and do what we need him to do in the clinical process. I got to repeat that line. I like that, Ryan. Being explicit makes our clients safe. Mm -hmm. If we can't be explicit, this reminds me of Bowlby, stronger, wiser, other. If we're not explicit about the danger that's coming for them that's out there, why should they trust us to lead them through the forest? Mm -hmm. You know, so. The only surprise we need is, is uh, you know, on your birthday gift or something. <laughs> uh, I, but I'm serious. When, yeah. when we're in these difficult situations, surprises are not helpful. Mm because they're already on the edge, they're already not so safe, they're already in pain. So why would you want to surprise a client? Give yeah. them a heads up, hey, here's what I'm about to do. Mm -hmm. You know, or even on the other side, hey, I'm gonna spend two minutes with your partner here and I'm gonna have them turn and share something with you. And that's often a time when you share your side of the story. But today, I wanna to ask you to really be present with what's happening in the room. All right, here we go. So that's getting out in front of someone's protection move. It's not, the, it's not what I would want to do every time, but in key moments, it's really, it's, it can be really uh, important. Yeah, especially when they've proven to you. Because the frame, when you talked about this, Ryan, before the show, it, it's already proven that it's a, it's a pretty you know, predictable pattern. And remember, as we talk in EFT, people's survivor strategies are pretty predictable yes. in moments of threat. Absolutely. So one, it's, it's not a surprise. It's like, hey, we know. This is what you learned to survive. And we're trying to help you find a new way to do it different. Yep. So that's why I'm making it explicit. So yep. that way we can give different a chance. Yep. Uh, quote me that thing you were talking about uh, with George the other day. I'm throwing this out of the blue here. Go ahead. When he talked about the oh, nervous system and, and, and wow. the way he went about that. It's another illustration of doing the exact same thing. Yeah. I, uh, I was watching a clip with George Fowler, and he had just done an enactment with the withdrawer and was going to get the pursuer's response. And as the pursuer begins to respond, you could see her parts kind of at war. 
She's wanting to respond, but then also there's another part of her that goes in with an explanation. And George says, hold on, hold on. Let me jump back in with you. I appreciate so well what your energy is trying to do. You're trying to come in here and kind of coach him. It hits your nervous system. And this is the part where George got me. He does his normal George validations. Mm -hmm. But then he did something that kind of threw me off. But I guess you're right, Ryan. It is getting out in front of it. Mm -hmm. He says, I see what your nervous system is going to do here. Or, and what, I, or what it wants to do. I see what your nervous system wants to do mm -hmm. here. And I can appreciate the good reasons why your nervous system wants to come in here and kind of coach him and make sure he sees that. But this is the part that surprised me that George said. But right now, I don't trust your nervous system. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was like, whoa. Yeah. Because I already know what it's going to do. Yeah. And I don't want us to do that. And then he said to her, and I don't think you want it to do that. There because you, you, you know, and this is the part he got her. He says, you already know where that's going to take you. Mm -hmm. And that's not where you want to go. Mm -hmm. And and if that anxious pursuer coaches right now, what, what, what they're going to do is bring about their worst fear. Because they're going to be abandoned. Mm -hmm. So this is us standing in the gap. And this isn't us fighting with her. That's right. This is us fighting for her. Mm -hmm. This is us fighting the cycle for her, fighting her protection move a little bit. Mm -hmm. Qualifier. There, there are stylistic differences here, and there's plenty of room to do this in different ways. Mm -hmm. Leanne Campbell probably never make that move. George would, I would. Uh, other people would. I don't know if you would or not. It, it, it doesn't matter. It's, it's, it's. It's in the toolbox now. It's in the toolbox, and, and it's not to say that you have to. I just want people to know this as an option. And I definitely would say, don't keep doing the thing that doesn't work. If this, if this move that they make continues to hurt themselves, their partner, and the process, finding some way to come alongside it differently is a must. Let me also say this. I would rather never do this. This is not what I want. Okay? Mm -hmm. this, is, this is only when it's, it's necessitated by their cycle moves. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be this direct. I don't want to be you know, getting out in front of everything. It costs me a little bit to get out in front of it. I have to leave the present moment, not, not the whole session, not even mm -hmm. for five minutes, but for 30 seconds I do. I'd rather not do it. Mm -hmm. I'd rather just work out of my empathy and attunement. But I would also say a lot of times EFTers do that to a fault, and then they continue to let a protection strategy do harm. And, and instead of just taking a 30-second sort of window to get out in front of this and then come right back into here and now attunement. Mm -hmm. so, so what necessitates this? It's how reactive they are, mm -hmm. right? So right back to path one and path two, alpha path, bravo path, if you've heard a previous podcast. So that when someone is highly reactive, defended, protective, I've got to take more, a more of an active role within my style set. So getting out in front of it, as we're saying, is a very active stance, which only fits when there's a pretty rigorous reactive cycle right in front of you. Mm -hmm. So I'd rather not do it, but it's a really key move. And last thing, and we'll take a break. I don't think George would have done that at year five in his career. And I wouldn't have either. There's things I do now that, that experience has taught me, look, I can be direct and, and take the chance that I'm going to rupture a little bit, knowing that I'm going to come back and repair, or I can waste 20 sessions. Mm -hmm. And just have this same move beat us and beat us and beat us. And experience for me is like, let's go ahead and move towards it. Why wait? Why sit there and let this, you know, just do a number on them and take even more safety away from the process? When there's a, when there's a pattern of behavior that harms this thing, let's go to it. And we'll talk after the break about ideas of how we can go to it.
Do you believe in the mission of this podcast for you, for your colleagues, and for your clients? If you do, we'd like to invite you to invest with us. Yeah, nothing happens without an investment. Mm-hmm. I believe in the things that we're talking about make a difference in people's lives, like real lives that affect generations. So we'd love it if you'd invest with us. For sure, if you're uh, having difficulties financially, please do not give. If you serve a very underserved population, do not give. But if, if the ideas from this podcast you use professionally, we'd love to invite you to invest with us to keep this thing going. So, Ryan, you're right. You know, that can be stylistic, but here's the point. You know, I, I have spent a couple, maybe a year or so, kind of trying to follow Leanne around and st- study from her. And she has her own way of getting a- ahead of it. And I want to show that move, too. Leanne will just kind of, she'll begin to start, talk directly to the body. I know this is where it's been hard for you, and it's been scary for you, and you've been left alone, and no one's seen it, and no one's gotten it. But here's how she gets out. But here's what we're about to do, and I'm going with you. Mm-hmm. So this is what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. But she's being, she's still getting out. Like, I already know the fear that normally comes for mm-hmm. you. And she kind of coaches them through. Mm-hmm. And then what she does is, I'm going with you, but we're doing it. I love it. <laughs> and, but you see, the funny thing is, she's still being direct, yep. too. When she's getting out in front of it, she might choose to try to speak to the longing, yeah. even if it's not present. Or yep. she might try to speak to the pain that's not being exactly. present. And, and sometimes that's a great move, and sometimes it's not. I like that. That's a good one, too, mm-hmm. of getting out in front of it, even speaking to I know mm-hmm. what you want here is you want your partner to really hear this and understand this. And the way you kind of do it is this. But here's what we're going to do. Right. Right. Yep, got to go to it somehow. Okay. So I think I think what's tricky about this is a few things. One, I was in a core skills training last year, and uh, I was doing uh, it was sort of a spontaneous demonstration thing where the people who were acting acting out clients could do whatever they wanted. And I didn't know what they were going to do. This is core skills four, so we're kind of being playful at this point. And the person said something, and I, my read was in an attuned hopefully somewhat honoring way, to sort of hold up a loving mirror, which is something we talk about in EFT. And, and I wanted to connect the dots to say, here's the good reasons that, that you just did what you did, but also that's a part of why you're here, right? And so three or four of the people in the group were like, oh my gosh, I love that. Three or four people said, I could, I could never do that. That was way too direct for me. So on one hand, it's like, well, you don't have to. You can maybe find a little bit less directive way to do that on the other hand, I would, I would put a little bit of tension back to say, I want to ask you to be curious. What, what does that activate in you to be able to hold up a mirror? Because the alternative is, I'm like, what would you do? And they're like, I would have just ignored it and kept going. I'm like, okay, so that could work, but there's a, a high chance you're going to do it again next week and the next week and the next week. And that's one thing. But the other piece is their partner's going to continue to hit that wall every week. So that's So again, it's kind of wrestling with, can I find my own voice? Can I find my own t- integrity under pressure there? I think what's hard for all of us is to keep our humanistic stance and to keep, to keep uh, honoring this. It's, it's, it's easy, you know, like, like Terry Real, he talks about you got to confront it directly or confront the narcissist. And I see why he says that. I've had some cases that I'm like, yeah, I can see uh, how you would do that. I do think there's ways you can have the same effect and still do it humanistically. To look at, hey, here, let's look at the three good reasons you have to do this. And yet, here's the impact of this. Here's what message this sends to your partner. Or here's what disrupts this. Or here's how we lose our track. Or here's how when you take your heart out of the room, mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Or if I'm asking you to be curious and you won't or can't, this is where we lose our trail, right? Showing this to someone because, again, clients don't know what they're supposed to say. And deep down, they think that we are a, a magician who they're going to just tell the story the way they always have. And we're, we're going to pull a rabbit out of a hat and fix it. Mm-hmm. And that's not helpful for them. That's demoralizing for them because that is not true. Mm. They have to find a way to use different protection strategies under pressure or their relationship cannot improve. Mm -hmm. And I am a fan of telling people that. Mm -hmm. And you can do that in a humanistic way. I'm fighting for you here. Yeah, I got, you know, the funny thing is I'm sitting there, Ryan, maybe whatever, but I don't. I don't know. I don't see it as a negative direct at all for me personally. And, you know, Ryan knows me. I'm not a very direct person, right. sometimes almost to an unhealthy place in a way. Right. But this for me, I don't I don't know why I don't feel any apology in me for it. <laughs> and maybe here's why. Um, because for me, my lack of directness there actually hurts my clients. It leaves them in a very vulnerable spot. It doesn't allow them to see themselves. Um, and then I think the way we're talking about it here, you all, it's we are doing it for them. And we're doing it in not in a shaming kind of shut you down, confront you, point you out, depants you in front of your partner. Right. What we're trying to do is, hey, in the context of your relationship, when the threat comes, this is what you learn to do. So we're showing we're honoring it. We're showing them the function, the relational function of it from an attachment perspective. But then we also are in a loving way saying, but this is the cost it comes at, that while you might want this, this is what ends up happening. And I know it keeps happening. I've seen it keeps happening. And even when George did it with that couple, I'm like, how is she going to take this? She smiled at him because she agreed. And she nodded. And even in the nonverbal, she nodded her head. Yes. Yeah. And then George asked her, he said, so can I have your permission to do this differently? And she, she, and she nods and gives him mm-hmm. a yes. Mm-hmm. She, he, what she did, what George kind of did is he, I see it like this is the medic in me. He came alongside her mm-hmm. where there was an injured limb. And he says, like, in the way your legs hurt, let me tie it to my leg for a moment and help you take this next step. Right. So that way you can do this on your own. Yeah. So I don't know. That's what's coming up in me as I, I mean, hear this. He, could, he read that blame was coming to get the props he read that blame was coming to get the process. It was mm-hmm. going to harm everyone in the room. Mm-hmm. And uh, he got out in front of it. Right. And, and, but he did it with her, yeah. not to her. That's, That's right. why I don't love the phrase, you got to confront what hurts exactly. the relationship. He That's did right. it with her because it's the same thing as saying narcissism. It's blame. It's, it's something that is a, is a set of strategies that makes perfect sense in their story but doesn't work right now. Yeah. And so doing it with people is really key. That would be my move right there then, Ryan. I think that's a good phrase for our listeners to take, to say, can I go here? Can I go somewhere with you? I want to go to that place where, like last session, you know, I noticed something. I didn't pick up on it, but I went and kind of watched my case. You know, there would be this spot we would hit, and then you would kind of make these comments where you were trying to, it could feel like for your partner, it felt like you maybe you were poking them. But I think I got, I saw the pattern here. Like in those comments when they were coming out, it felt like you were poking them, but you were trying to get them to see something. Right. Can I go back there with you? I want to join you there because you're trying to do something on your own. And no, I don't know if anyone's getting to see it, but I think I'm starting to see it. So can I go there with you to understand it some more? Yeah. I would just use that language that way. And I, I think to me, I'm being direct. I am calling out a particular thing mm-hmm. and and we're going to address it, but I'm going with you to mm-hmm. figure it out. And I'm, I'm, I think the other part I'm holding there is curiosity. Mm-hmm. I haven't come out with a judgment. This is your label. Go wear it. 
and carry it as a thing of shame. Right. So let's talk about directness for a moment, mm -hmm. which hopefully is pretty consistent if you've listened to previous episodes before. You know, we've talked about our, our opinion is it's a, it's a huge mistake to try to manipulate how many words you use in a session. Uh, I can go, I can tell all kinds of stories on that, but I, I would not try to control that. I would try to control when you use a lot of words, mm. not total. Uh, and so kind of similar with directness here. Um, I think there's a, a not so great kind of directness, which is a very one up. I'm the expert. I'm going to tell you what to do, which a lot of people who, who don't want to be direct end up teaching a whole lot because they lose their place. And if I'm teaching significant amounts of time, then that's the kind of directness I want to sort of avoid most of the time. But there's another kind of directness that is needed when a relationship loses its way. That's kind of a process directness. This is directness where you're doing this with people. You're holding up that loving mirror of what is happening and doesn't work. It, it's, it's very immediate also. So it's still very present. There's just a sort of an active stance to get out in front of what's harming their relationship. So I think it can be similarly to number of words. It can be a mistake to try to be like, oh, I don't want to be directive. Well, define directive. Again, if it's one-up expert, Maybe not so much or not very often at least. But if it's a process, I'm doing this with you, but I'm, I'm doing it in a fairly direct way. I think it's a, 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 an absolute necessity when you're working with two people in your room who are not safe. If they're safe, you don't have to do this stuff. I'd prefer not to. I'd also prefer people not to be suffering so much, but I don't get to choose. But in these moments, when they're, when you develop the theme the, – the, the bottom line of this episode is when you start to recognize, hey, here's a pattern. This person does this whenever this X, Y, and Z happens. Instead of just waiting for it to happen, get out in front of it at the first of the session. Make it explicit in the moment when it's about to happen. Um, comment on it in a way that's honoring but also shows its impact. Close your sessions Referencing it again. Sometimes the way to make a non-useful behavior extinct is via repetition. Sue does this in that in the uh, well-known training tape. What's their name? Doug and Diane. She she really makes his rude comments go into extinction because she just runs it in front of him over and over and over. There's Sue Johnson getting in front of it. Um, I, I heard a case recently, one that was on my list I didn't say was and this is a tricky one, is the uh, husband in this relationship said, hey, it's okay, uh, don't interrupt me anymore. I don't want to be interrupted. And my supervisor, he was like, what would you do with that one? I'm like, well, that is tricky because I can't do my job with that. So that's like, that's like me saying, uh, help me, but don't come into work today. Because mm -hmm. interruption in couples therapy is a big part of what we do. So I would want to start the next session and just say, hey, I've thought this through. I want to just make sure, so try to do a repair for any negative impacts of the previous interruptions. But I would also say, we got to find a way to work together here because I've got to stop when things go off track. How would you suggest I stop it? So I'm going to renegotiate that. I won't say yes. I will not agree to not interrupt because now it's going to be, that person's going to vent and now a bunch of story comes in the room and now the partner's got to be given five or six minutes for their vent. Now half your session's over. And they're going to look at you and go, well, what do we do? 
Mm-hmm. Right. And the answer is don't let yourself get in that situation, therapist. When they go off track, we've got to stop it. It doesn't do it. Does, it's not attunement, actually, to let a cycle take over your office. Mm-hmm. There's empathy there, but it's not attuned mm-hmm. because the cycle is the is what they're paying you to get out of, not to stay in. Mm-hmm. Yep. I appreciate you bringing that Sue example. I was watching a training tape with Sue and she said it. Um, she uses reflection as her form of I, we. Uh, she said challenge in that one, but we, with us, it's that's Sue's way of getting out in front of it. Like, hey, I keep noticing in these key moments that you go that your body kind of this, and then you say this, and this is what comes out. Am I seeing that? That this what happens? She'll kind of do that. Sue's repetitiveness, um, and that's her way of getting out in front of it. I need you. Like I'm seeing it, and I'm not gonna. And Sue's saying I'm not gonna hold this secret. I see what's happening. And she's making it explicit so we can talk about it. And part of what Sue said is, I'm using that reflection, one, to make it clear, but she says, I need the client to see it. And that's what I think part of what me and Ryan are saying. It's we're doing this because many of the clients, we're not trying to shame them. They don't understand that why this keeps happening. And then they, because if you hook them to a lie detector test and you said, hey, are you doing the best you possibly can to make sure that your relationship is in a good spot? The, relate, the the lie detector would say no deception detected because they really are trying. They really are trying their best. But however, they don't see the behaviors that they're making in the moment that they, their brain is trying to do good could actually be, be bringing that could actually be a part of the problem in a way. If I'm saying that, trying to say that nicely. Mm-hmm. So I think what we're doing is really coming alongside them and helping them. You know, it's like a good coach. Right. You know, Ryan was a pitching coach. You know, sometimes being a pitching coach, Ryan would tell a story that sometimes it was hard for his pitchers. It could be feel demoralizing. Mm-hmm. And they've been this star high school athlete, then they get to college, and then they meet Ryan, and then it's like, hey, tweak this, do that, and then they it debilitates. Mm-hmm. But when they get better, then it's like, hey, thank you, coach, mm-hmm. for telling me that. No one ever said it to me. Not only are they a better pitcher, they're a better person because people who people who can make changes and adapt like that, they're more successful in life. And it's a perfect metaphor for what we're doing here. I'm not just trying to come alongside and get out in front of this for the moment, but for their relationship. There we go. Just like the, the gentleman that you referred to that we worked with. Mm-hmm. Two, two more points for me. This is, we're kind of going back and forth between how to do this and rationale. But, you know, do no harm is a, is a big part of what we're doing. And I'm going to use that word loosely. I don't mean literally it's an ethical problem, but I supervised a case last week. Excellent therapist, really hard case. I mean, like the fact that those people are still even talking to each other is amazing just based on what all they've been through. And they're in session 37. And the uh, male in this relationship kind of does the same move every time. And I'm like, you know, what session are you in? How often does this person do this? And then what do you do? And uh, the therapist just said, well, you know, I just sort of keep doing this. I try to really have empathy for his story and where he's been. And I would say that's actually probably harmful. And I don't mean like it's unethical, and I really appreciate her intent and how she's trying to fight to be humanistic. I just also want to make a space for you can be humanistic mm-hmm. and still be a bit more direct there. And, and here's why. People are blinded or partially blinded to their own protection moves. There we go. They don't really see it. For one thing, it's happening really, really fast. Mm-hmm. The more you care about your partner, the faster your protection moves happen. Mm-hmm. Two... I know my intention is actually for good. And as we say on here, unfortunately, intentions don't convey in a cycle. My last couple at 2 o'clock yesterday, the females 
restated her true intent probably 55 times, right? The problem is it's irrelevant. What you intend to happen is just largely irrelevant. So it's happening fast. I'm feeling unsafe. This is not my intentions. And so for you to continue to see me do something that actually brings about my worst fear and you not let me know this it is harmful. It's not helpful. You're not, that's not, a, that's not empathic. So I just want to put pressure on us to find a way, find some words, right? And, and it's a great, this is a great reason to role play or to, to think through things like, how do I find my words to, in a humanistic, relatively attuned way, point out what's going wrong? Man, right? I, I like this episode and how it went to, I think, you know, we're talking about stuckness and getting out ahead, but also I appreciate in there, like at minute 24, I was like, that was a good little teach on directness and a case for it and a case for it to be done in a humanistic way. Uh, I appreciate that. And I think it's uh, people ask me like, James, you know, it's like, you know, what what helped you grow in EFT? And I think this is it. You know, while I am a, a very uh, I like groups being together and having harmony, but directness is an important part of being able to live. Like, And I, I've learned being direct is actually helping me be a good friend, actually. Mm. It helps me with my wife. It helps me with my kids. And it also helps me as a therapist. Um, so I don't know. I just really appreciate this. Yeah, I'll just say one last thing. I, I, I've had the pleasure, uh, and, and it really is an honor, to work really briefly with dozens and dozens of EFTers yeah. who've been in the profession and in this right. model for a long time, and they get right to the edge of certification and can't get their tapes, as they say. Mm -hmm. And this is a real common theme is they get right to the verge of what could be a big mission mm -hmm. and they get a block and they're, and they're just too passive in that moment. I'm like, Hey, right in that moment, something good's about to happen. And they, they turn the wheel to the left. I need you to grab the wheel for a minute. Exactly. You're going to have to give yourself permission to take, take charge for just a second, be a little more direct and they certify instantly. Exactly. I mean, and so this is sort of proof in the pudding of how important this concept is. Yep. If something's going wrong, get in front of it. Yep. Within your style, within your way, that's right. Within attunement, facilitate a repair when it's needed, but don't let the same protection move continue to destroy the process. Exactly, and I, just to help with that, it's I've seen Gail Palmer do it in her style, yep. Leanne Campbell, Catherine Ream, um, George, Ryan, Sue. So across the gambit of styles, Paul Guillory, I've gotten mm -hmm. to watch him in a couple lives. He has his way of doing it. Um, but I think that's the key to what makes all of them different and so effective at what they do. Yeah. There all right, you all. There it is. Hope you enjoyed this Duck series. Thank you for listening. We hope this experience helps you push the leading edge in your work to help people connect with themselves and with each other. Please subscribe to our podcast and leave us a five-star review. You can contact us at push the leading edge at gmail.com and you can follow us on our facebook page at push the leading edge you can follow ryan on facebook at ryan reina professional training and on his website ryanreinatraining.com you can follow james on facebook and instagram at doc hawk lpc you can also check out his website doc hawk lpc.com